0: Hello everyone. First of all, as I was getting, as Scott and I were driving, I have a hotel right down the street so I can shower because y'all ain't hugging me talking about me. Um I was driving, I was like, this is it's really fantastic. You know, I was talking about how as a collective unit, how you all were so working out so I don't want to say hard, because that's just so like blah. I mean, your energy to really commit to what you were doing at individual moments. And yeah, of course, people were taking breaks and so on and so forth. But I think that it was very powerful for me to see people really go there. Um, I think we hear a lot about struggle. We hear a lot about the pain, the hard times, but it's not a lot of times where you can come into a room and really see no matter what the fitness level like, people are really pushing themselves to the next level and really dedicated to doing that. And it's, it was just really interesting because of today's talk. Let's turn our chairs just a little front so we can get the folks over there too. Good? You good? Okay. Um, today's talk because, <clears throat> as you see, I'm here with this very lovely young lady <laughs> here with guy. me. Um, I'm not sure if, has anyone seen the podcast or listened to my podcast, Crack Not Broken with Kristen Tierney? <laughs> Okay, if you haven't, you're in for a special treat, because Kristen is from Portland. Uh, she lived here. She's the author of Crack Not Broken, and today, um, I just thought it would be so great to have her show up today um, because of her journey and how she literally have over, has overcome so many obstacles, in the way that she got through these particular obstacles was out of amazing consistency and the way I bring it back to you is and I'm so happy that I had that experience seeing you today being very consistent and focused in what it is that you were doing so that we could go back and do extra movements and extra digging deepness if you will is because of what we're going to talk about today and what Kristen is going to share for a little bit today um, about her journey and she's going to talk about her journey and her struggle but It could be related to weight loss. It could be related to, um, you know, a relationship, a breakup, a job loss, you know, finding your way through life in any particular circumstance. So, Kristen, if you want to, just for a couple minutes, talk about your journey, Um, I was just fascinated, and I started reading your book, and you sent it to me early, and then I read it again, and just, I was just so... Just inspired I want sh- to I want to share you with the world so
1: hi everyone so my name is Kristen Tierney and as Sean mentioned I'm the author of Crack Not Broken it is the story of my journey in 2002 I was enjoying what on paper anyway looked like a perfect life I had a decade-long career with Nike a loving husband financial security family and friends the only problem was is that I had this internal dialogue that was in direct conflict with the way I presented myself to the world. I had crippling uh, struggles with self-worth, self-esteem, healthy self-image, and what no one knew is that for the better part of two decades, I'd been relying on powder cocaine to detach from that internal struggle and to kind of stay numb to that vicious voice in my head. The problem was that days after I had received my latest promotion at Nike, where I'd been enjoying, like I said, a decade-long career, I made the reckless decision to pick up a crack pipe for the first time. Six months later, I woke up on the floor of a filthy crack house in North Portland to my new reality. I'd lost everything. For the next seven years, I resorted to felony criminal activity, prostitution, first on 82nd Avenue, then later on the internet. And it wasn't until almost seven years to the day in that I finally found enough strength to embrace just enough courage to make take that first step to say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm better than this. I deserve more than this. God didn't create me to be a crack addicted prostitute. And like what we're talking about in consistency, the first step always is the biggest one and that's acknowledging what the problem is and being really honest with yourself. And just just facing that head on is that huge first step that has to happen. So all the small steps that follow are able to be born. And that's what happened. this very methodical approach to reclaiming my life. And it was a lot of really, like, really small wins. Maybe just waking up in the morning and not reaching for that crack pipe that I'd gotten rid of. Then it was getting up in the morning and having a cup of tea and just sitting and listening to the birds chirp or listening, <laughs> I'm new at this. <laughs> but it was it, watching the Today Show and it was all these small steps that were about reclaiming some kind of normal routine. And from that, each of those small steps, I was building this foundation that 10 years in, I still go back to those small steps and those small wins. Because it's not, transformation isn't this one big aha moment. There's an aha moment when you're like, yeah, I, don't, I can't do this anymore. This is not honoring my true self. This is, I'm not, I'm not doing myself any favors by playing small. But it's the small steps that follow that is where the consistency comes in, that you have to do day in and day out. And I was, you know, last night, Sean sent me a a message about what we were gonna speak about and I came across something that I wrote down and I think it's really important to think about obstacles in this way. That an an obstacle is often not intended to weaken your actions. Instead, it is an invitation to get clear on the process to advance to the next stage. And that's what obstacles are. They're just giving us an opportunity to really step into our truth and say, yeah, this is what's really going on with me. I have to own where I'm at. And I'm 10 years in and I have this beautiful life, but there's a whole new set of challenges. So it's going back to that consistency. It's going back to what I did 10 years ago that allowed me to arrive here.
0: Thank you, Kristen, thank um, you for sharing that. <laughs> and as I've stated before, congratulations. Thank you. I think um, something you said was extremely profound and I know that everyone here has heard it before, but the first step is really acknowledging what it is. And as you know, at the end of the workout when I was talking, one of the things that I said is, you know, it's about the baggage in your life. Where is it coming from? Uh, just this past week or the week before, I don't know, my schedule is so crazy. <laughs> um, you know, I had a talk with my online community about your insecurities. And a lot of times we have these insecurities that are, I I call them like hidden monsters in our lives, that they only reveal themselves when there's a trigger that happens. And so what is it, where is, where is the, um, the struggle actually coming from? Because the struggle is not the way. The struggle is not that you and your spouse aren't having sex. The struggle is not that you lost your job. It is the foundation of where that came from in terms of like you and your spouse, like where did it begin? Like someone's not communicating. And at the end of the day, your baggage comes from a place at which you realize that there was something that happened and you may have closed it out, shut it down. Um, put a bandaid over it and didn't acknowledge what it is. And I think that, and I know that in your book, as you go further along into the book and everyone here should read, I hate saying everyone should read this, but it doesn't matter where you come from. You should definitely pick up this book because it's so true and it's so transparent and you share, just like I did in my book, you share a lot of things that people would be like, whoa, Like, are you really sharing that? Yes, I'm absolutely sharing that because I feel like the reason why we stack on the weight, and I don't mean necessarily the weight in your body, the reason why the baggage stacks up is because we're constantly hiding behind that first thing that we're afraid to admit, right? And so...
1: Absolutely. So that's the one thing. Before I wrote one one word in that book, I've made a commitment to myself that I'm going to put it all out there. How else do I tell the the entire story and how else is the reader going to celebrate... The journey, so am I doing it? You're good. So, how's the reader gonna celebrate the journey if they don't know the whole story? And there's something very sacred and empowering about owning everything I once was because it's made me into the woman I am today and you have to understand the journey. And like we talked about in our podcast interview, it's not the thing, it's the thing. So it was really easy for everyone to focus on my addiction issues and it was easy for me to hide behind them. But when I took a step back, put the crack pipe down, it was like okay so what was driving me to have this need to self destruct and i had to take a really hard deep look at myself and my issues and take it all the way back to when i was 5 years old and what set, what was set into motion when my father walked out on our family and abandoned us that's what the, that was the thing i was just using men or you know material possessions eventually cracked to hide behind that wasn't the thing, that was just the coping mechanism. And I think it's really important that we get really honest with ourselves. And you have to, you have to be honest with yourselves. And transformation's messy. It's messy and it's beautiful, sometimes all at once. But you have to, you have to step into it.
0: I love that transformation is messy.
1: <laughs> right? And it's
0: beautiful. And sometimes all at once, because think about as you are going through your journey at this moment, there's a day when you wake up where you you look at the scale and you're like, wow, like I lost four pounds. Or maybe you try to get bigger biceps and you're like, I gained an inch, right? But in that same day, something that doesn't even have to deal, do with exercise in life can, can come in and, and trigger a response of like, oh, now I feel like X. Or so maybe you're somebody that suffers from anxiety, like I just recently started suffering from. Or depression, right? You have these super high moments but then you have those those hidden monsters that are right there so it could be beautiful and messy all at once and how do you maneuver your way through that so um it's interesting that your journey was 7 years and right. I talk about in my book the 7 superpowers and so I'm going to put you on a spot okay again <laughs> okay again I always put you on a spot but I I think that if you are here and you're taking notes or um whether it's in your phone I see you have a notepad down it's great um so let's talk about some superpowers that you gained throughout the seven years. And I'm, I'm going, because I read your book and I know, mm-hmm. I think that you're, you're, at the lowest moments of your life, produce your most powerful moments. Because Absolutely. if you are honest enough to realize and go back to it and accept what has happened, you're very much able to, to move past it in a way in which no one really could understand because the power came from within you to go to that place in the first place so very simple when you woke up in the crack house because in your book you wake up in a crack house and all of a sudden you get in a car with a stranger and i'm like what's wrong with this lady like this is what i'm saying but what was the superpower that you gained from the moment you woke up to being like i'm going to get in a car with someone i don't know
1: i think my superpower has always been that Wherever I, wherever I find myself, I'm going all in, and I'm going to make it count for something. So it doesn't matter if it's like a huge victory or the ugliest part of the journey. And that's what I thought when I woke up in that crack house. Although I was probably in a bit of shock, I was like, okay, what the hell have you done? You've driven your life into the ditch, Now you got to find a way to survive this. And I didn't really think it was going to be possible. I truly thought I would be dead before the end of that first week, because I was thinking, how can I be homeless without any money, with stripped of everything I've ever known on the streets of North Portland. And something just hardwired kicked in that's like, okay, I'm probably gonna die, but I'm not gonna go down without a fight. And I saw this gentleman driving to work, probably somewhere close to Nike or somewhere in downtown Portland in a suit. And I thought, okay, that looks familiar. That's gonna be my first reach out. And I just asked him for a ride because I didn't even know where I was. and. It was just, again, all those small steps of just showing up at exactly where I found myself. And I think that's what we have to do for each other, is wherever we find ourselves, show up and meet, those pe- meet people where we find them. And I had, to fu- I had to meet myself where I'd driven myself into this ditch. And even when I turned to prostitution, I thought, if you're going to sell your body to smoke crack, you better make account for something. You better do it on your terms. You're not going to have some man that's already paying you for sex. Dictate your worth, and I went. I went. It sounds crazy, but I think it can be applied to anything that you approach in life. Don't let some. Don't let some stranger dictate to you what your story is going to be.
0: Okay, so I got a couple things out of that that I think all of us can use. I'm trying to. I don't have my phone to write my notes, so okay. hopefully. So first thing is kind of what I talked about earlier, which is you'll always reach for the sky, you'll never touch it, but continue to reach. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, meet yourself. That was very profound. Meet yourself. And in my book, I talk about having mirror moments. I think a lot of times we don't want to meet ourselves because we're afraid of what we're going to admit to ourselves. But if you meet yourself, just like we do at the end of the workout, if I'm like, I'm reaching for the baton, it doesn't matter how you got closer to this finish line. If I'm meeting myself, if I'm accepting the fact that even though there's struggle, I'm still going to continue I can look my own self in the eyes and say, yes, like I've gotten myself to this place in a positive place. If you're, if, if, if we're talking about like, I've gotten to the end of something, mm-hmm. if I, if you can meet yourself, like think about that. It's like when you we're in, in a relationship, a lot of people ask like Scott and me, like, how are you guys still in love? I mean, it's we've been together for almost nine years and seven years married. Right. But people are like, like they think it's like, this amazing thing, I'm like, I always go back to the three steps. Like, when I first met Scott, I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, <laughs> because this is going to be a ride because, I, like, I already know. And months later, almost a year later probably, I found out that he felt the same way. And when we get into arguments, because we do. If we get into disagreements, because we do. We always go back to those three steps because it's the foundation. It is literally the foundation of our relationship. And if we can go back to when we didn't have baggage and say, this is the foundation of who we are, that we can continue to thrive as a couple. And you can do that with yourself if you meet yourself. Reintroduce yourself to the person before the before. Because a lot of times, you know, Kristen Tierney is not, she, she, yes, (laughs) she has to talk to the person that had the crack pipe. But at the end of the day, she has to talk to the person that, like, who was I before that, right? It's before the before, because you knew where you had power and strength. So I say, don't always talk to the person that has, you know, the baggage, the struggle, the weight, the person who's hurt from a divorce. Talk to the person before the before, right? And where did the the first step begin? So meet yourself. Reintroduce yourself to yourself every day. If you've read my book, you know. I literally talk to myself in the mirror every single day. I should probably just go live and do it. I'm going to call you to my bathroom one morning. I literally talk to myself every single day. And some people think it's weird. But I don't think it's weird because I suffer from anxiety. And when I got my new therapist a couple of weeks ago, he said, you know, if you suffer from depression I I would send you to someone else, but you suffer from anxiety, and I learned that in your anxiety. Or he said that he works with people who have anxiety because they're afraid of what's going to happen in the future. And I preach false evidence appearing real, but I don't under. I'm like, why is this anxiety, this thing taking over me, right? And I'm like, I've been to therapy, like I've done all that, but just like you said, you have a new set of struggles. I realized that when I became a dad, life became. 10 times more important, and my fear of death is, like, mag- magnified, right? So I have to go to the mirror every day and meet myself. I'm like, Sean, you are here. And stop relying on Scott to, to give me the power because he can say it as much as he wants. But if I don't continue to meet myself, then how am I going to believe myself? So and I that think
1: was on that, along that same line of thinking. So I got – for those of you who read the book, you know what I went through. For those of you who haven't, hopefully you will. But – I got through all that, and here I am 10 years later, and I realized that, and I was gently reminded that I'd kind of become complacent, and lost a little bit of my edge, and lost a little bit of remembering who I am, and because I've now, I've regained a lot of the things that make life comfortable, I, I, I've had, I had a, a period where I haven't been real honest with myself about what's really going on. And that stopped a few weeks ago. And it's like, wait a minute, you're the girl that got through all that and that wasn't all for nothing. You're not gonna start settling now, but you gotta show up and you've gotta have that honest conversation first with yourself before you can make any change. And that's again, going back to obstacles. Until we're honest about ourselves, about what's really going on, nothing's gonna be sustainable.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. Sustainable. Speaking of honesty, so there was a part in your book that even I was, I was like fearful for you reading it. Mm-hmm. And it's when you used to, when you used to walk the streets and I think you called it, I don't know if you called it the loop or the track. The track. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, you walking a track? And you're like, I used to go out, what, three times a day, and I would get this. Where did, I mean, and, and you had already experienced other prostitutes being dying and murdered. being murdered, but you still decided to do it. So I think for someone, I, where, where does that strength and power, what were you thinking? Because there has to be some sort of superpower in there for you to still put yourself in, what I consider, as a reader, that kind of type of danger.
1: Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I felt trapped. I couldn't find the strength or courage to take that first step out because it was all so overwhelming. I'd literally blown my life into a million pieces. So to to determine which piece to pick up first, let alone how I was ever going to be able to, to carry the burden of the next 20 pieces was too overwhelming for me to do anything but stay stuck. And so although I was very aware of how terribly wrong things could go at any minute survival was all-consuming it literally dictated every action dominated every thought and all I, I had this this exercise I would do in my motel room before I'd go hit the track I'd try to play out as many scenarios as I thought could possibly go wrong in my head and and have so I thought I'd have this muscle memory so in case something did happen I'd at least hopefully have something to pull from And that might sound crazy, but it was all I could do in that moment. So, again, it was going all in. It's like, okay, here you are. Make it count for something. Your life's on the line. You better have a pretty flippin' well-thought-out plan A because there's no plan B.
0: Go all in. Go all in. You heard it. Go all in. And I'm not saying, you know, obviously that was a crazy time in your life, and I would have been like, don't go all in. Sorry. (laughs) Don't go all in. (laughs) Like, don't go all in. Stay in
2: the room. Stay in the
0: room. Like, just continue to exercise this, you know? But, but think about it. We, I mean, I don't know what you're going through internally or in your life or when you close the door in your house, but I do know that you came here today and you went all in. Imagine if that was a part of your consistent focus, going all in on the things that are going to bring you light and continue to make you rise up, as your shirt says, right? Um, go all in. That's the next one. Um, for time, because we want to get yeah, to some Q&A, because I think it'd be great to hear specific questions that you have. I think the last, ugh, I have so many things. I want the world, you please get this book. I, Scott, can I get like half of these people to the book that don't have it? I need to like, we'll figure it out. All right, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to send some of y'all this book if you thank want it. Like, thank I'm you. I'll, I need to buy them for y'all because it's just so it's just so great to hear somebody be transparent. Okay, two things. First one, you said that you went through all the scenarios in your head, but there was at one point where you were actually, you know, being nice and you kind of generated acquaintances and you let people use I think it was like a hotel room or whatever that you were in and they drugged you and you woke up in the hospital mm-hmm. what was that situation like and what did that bring to light for you
1: so in this weird way it's becoming it, it's it's kind of what's been playing out in the last few weeks and it, on a different level with me becoming complacent like I was like okay so my bills are paid for the for, and that, at this point I was living literally 24-hour period to 24-hour period but I was like, okay, so I can take my foot off the gas for 48 hours. Everything's paid up. And it was letting my guard down and not, and not handling my business. And that's the thing with whatever you're facing in life. It doesn't mean you have to be going 100 miles an hour all the time. But you have to keep in a momentum going forward. And you do, because you just don't want to lose that momentum when you start to feel complacent. And that's what happened. And this was something that could have cost me my life. I mean... I ended up in intensive care for the better part of almost two weeks when they didn't know if I was going to survive. You know, so I mean, that's pretty extreme, but I think that on another level, we can apply that to whatever we're doing. Don't become complacent. I'm right now getting myself out of some situations that I became became complacent in that I just was going to settle. Don't settle. Don't let somebody else do your work or don't count on somebody else. You've got to make it happen. You're the only one that's in charge of your story. You're the only one that can dictate what you are or aren't going to do. Don't let anybody take that from you.
0: Yes. So superpower, thank you. Superpower to that is don't settle. Don't settle for mediocrity, which whatever mediocrity is to you. Because I think when we reach a stage of um, a certain type of barrier, we say, okay, well, I'll just do this. When you're strong enough to go beyond, through, around, break the barrier down. So that's just really important. And then, so um, one last thing, and, and I'll share this. So when, we got to, when I got to the part in the book um, and you were talking about you were on Craigslist mm-hmm. and you had gotten this penthouse, yo, you got to read this book. You're like, yo, <laughs> homegirl got a penthouse. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> um, and you, it was so crazy. Like you used your marketing skills from Nike to create these ads to get these guys. And one of the things that I want to share, I, it related to me so much in the book because as a gay man, a younger gay man, like from the time I was like, I would say twenty. Two to 25. We didn't have apps. I wasn't, even though I was like out to my family, I wasn't out to the world and the people I worked with. And um, I was, uh, Craigslist was a thing. And so I would go on Craigslist and that's how, and I would have to put up an ad to get other closeted gay men. So, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was so interesting. It, it, it sounds kind of funny, but my, my first job out of college, I was health promotion. So like you, ha- I had to like write, the programming to get people to come to the event. So I was like really good at like putting this ad. <laughs> it's so bad. I was so good at it. I was so good, but it's so bad. It's a whole not, it's a whole situation. And actually, in an upcoming podcast, um, my friend and some of you know, Jessica Bowser Nelson, we talk about me and sex as a younger person and how it was driving my life because of my molestation. That's a whole another other thing. But. So you were literally utilizing your skill as a marketing genius, and so how did that play out? What was your, your process for that?
1: So again, I wasn't going to let someone else dictate the story that had become the nightmare that was my life, and I, as messed up as I was, I still had a pretty good thought process going, and I sat back and I... I, I, I approached it like I would a Nike project like who's who's my client what's my what's my target market what is going to speak to that man and I know this sounds crazy and I'm not trying to to justify it but this is just what I went through and I went got down to everything to the kind of towels they would like in the bathroom I set up for them the kind of liquor they would drink the you know everything down so I was selling an experience and it got me out of selling a lot of sex (laughs) I mean and that's A sad thing that I applied that but it was it was I think we talked about it in the podcast what you do on one side you do on the other
0: so from that right if you can do that in the depths of despair and trying to reach your way out what kind of experience are you going to create for yourself and life is an experience when you go into these journeys or like if the new program comes out you know no shade to even myself transform 20 or like morning meltdown 100 or whatever. But I see people get really, really excited about this new program. And then like a quarter of the way through only like a quarter of the people are still excited about it because they fabricated this experience instead of like creating an experience of how you're going to utilize it to make you stronger. So in your journey, what kind of experience are you going to create for you to continue to move forward and to really believe that you can do it. Or maybe it's not sticking with one program. Maybe you create your own hybrid calendar. You're like, I like this from Shanti. I like this from Shalene. I like this from Tony. I like this from Autumn. I like this kind of food. I like this with 2B mindset or intermittent fasting or whatever you do. Create an experience for yourself that works for you. I'll be the first person to say, when I create a fitness program, While I do create it so that you can go through a full experience, I especially did that with Transform 20, Commit, Climb, and Conquer, because I wanted people to go on a journey. At the end of the day, you have to be the one to create the experience for you. What is it that you want and need in order to succeed? If you can answer that question and be extremely detailed with the process along the way, you will get past the finish line. So I want to go to some Q&A. Do you want to do the mics? We have Chip and Sam out here. Um, I know I'm moving kind of fast through this, but I know we're short on time. And so how much time do we have left with this? 24? Okay, 24 minutes. So ask your question fast, and Kristen and I will answer them fast as well. All right, raise your hand if you have a comment or question um, or anything. None? Okay, we have one. Yes.
2: Hello. Hi. So as, I'm assuming you're a business professional now, going through what you went through, how do you take everything that you've learned along the way and apply it to what you do professionally now? Um, And how do you lead and help others um, um, grow through that as well? I think the most valuable lesson I've learned through reclaiming my life is
1: the need to be completely authentic and transparent and vulnerable. And my willingness to embrace and share all of that ugliness is unique in in the way that it's, it's shocking to people that I'm willing to do that but I don't know any other way to be. And again, it's me, keep taking, me being in control of the story. If I put it out there, you can be shocked and you might not have a, a reaction right away, but I keep my power that way. And there's something sacred about that.
2: Yeah, I, I can imagine that when you're telling the stories, and I've, I have a past of my own, and when I tell people about my past, that they, you get the um, reaction like, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> and so, um, and, that's, and that can be empowering as well, because you know that I've gone from here to here, and I'm telling you about it, and you can't even believe it. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank
1: you.
0: And, and just for you, because that happens a lot, if people say they don't believe you, just say, okay. okay. <laughs> Because you lived it, like it's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, they don't have to believe it.
0: Yes, okay. Someone else? We have one up here.
2: So kind of going along with that, how do you get past um, letting like, what other people think of you get in your way? You know what I mean? Like other people's perception or, you know, hey, I think you're crazy for doing this or doing this. Like, How do you get past caring what other people think?
0: You can you can go first. I'll go, <laughs> okay. second. I'll go second.
2: Preach, preach because this therapy so, right? <laughs> th-
1: For the first half of my life, my entire sense of self-worth came from worrying about what other people thought of me. And the beauty of losing everything was that I finally was able to start finding little pieces of myself. and that evolved into this epic journey of self-discovery when I finally did the work. I did my work, I reclaimed my life. I did the hard methodical gut-wrenching work of putting myself back together. And of course I would love I like that people like me, but I don't I don't need people to like me. And they don't ha- they can think what they want because I know who I am. I don't
0: even have a big like story. I just like Well, I think I think <laughs> that that is a, a story. it happens it's it's it happens to more people more often than you know. Our desire to be liked I think is innate as a human. Um, For me, (laughs) the first 21 years of my life, I was in the closet, right? So I wasn't living. I wasn't being me at all. So the minute I was able to be me, it was like this eye-opening experience. I'm like, well, not everyone's going to like you anyway, period. You can be the nicest person on the planet. You could be, like, let's take somebody like, I don't know, like Will Smith. Like, he's awesome, There'll be people that's like, I don't like him. And you're like, what? (laughs) So? You know what I mean? It doesn't... So anyway, so I say that to say, the first half of my life, I'm literally not even living. Like, I'm not even alive because I'm not even being who I am, period, right? So you take that and then you go into a place of, oh, like, this is what it's actually like to live. Like, this is what it's like. And then you can really, you literally set yourself free. It happens on social media all day, all the time. And it's one of the reasons why I I share my mental health posts. If you don't know, go back. Because I think that, you know, your before and after picture is a snapshot in time. The the picture you take on Instagram or the video you did is a snapshot in time. But what's really going on with people? And some people are like, oh, I don't think you should share that. Great. Great. If you don't want to share it, that's so great. But I'm going to share it. And if you choose to unfollow me because of my truth, then... Great. You know, would you rather have 10,000 friends of people who don't really want to get to know the real you or would you rather have five people that really care about you, right? It's so important for you to be surrounded by people who really care about who you are, like really care about who you are, right? It feels so much better And I'll just reiterate that by saying, like, imagine walking into a room of all these people that are like, oh, my God, you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great. Because you've taken all these pictures and you modified these pictures to make yourself look this way. Or you've blown out your hair to have beautiful hair and your makeup. And then you walk in a room and you don't really look like that because you've edited this photo. And people walk out. Everyone walks out. Whose fault is it? It's not theirs because you didn't show who you were. But if you walk, it's like when people go on Match.com. I wish they would just post like the worst picture of them. I was talking about this with Chip the other day because he's still trying to find a man or whatever. So I'm like, I'm like, just post the worst, just post the most natural picture. Because a person that likes that natural you that doesn't really have the makeup. And they're like, oh my gosh, this person's great. Like, I love that you are just, like, kicking it like that. When you go, when you actually go on that date, not you, but whomever, I'm looking at you because you asked the question. You're like, I ain't trying to go on a date tonight. <laughs> but when you go on that date, like, you can, you don't have to worry about how you look. You're like, yo, I'm coming in sweats. we going to the coffee shop. Like, I may have taken an Orange Theory class before I showed up. My hair's going to be in a ponytail, but I'm coming to kick it, Right? Imagine if you feel that free to be you. Yes, yes, you can post great photos of you at the wedding or you feel really good or you, I'm not saying not to, but like be as real as you possibly can be and then if you are and you accept that in that mirror moment in the morning, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's hard to get there. It's hard to get there to not care what other people think of you. It's very hard to get there. The only people I care about that really what they think of me is if they've shown that they like me for who I am and they like the depths of my soul, right? If that's the case, then I'm like, cool, like I care about what you think. Like just two days ago, me and Sam had like this really heartfelt talk. I didn't know he was feeling the way he was feeling about our relationship, period. But if we didn't have that conversation, first of all, if if I was not being true to who I was in general, then I wouldn't be able to connect to that conversation but because I am I can connect to that because I know he cares about me and vice versa so I'm just like I just want people to like really understand that like the more you are you like the better your life will be it just so will and and last but not least everybody's in the closet about something so as as you were um any other questions sorry Kristen i let you talk longer next time I was into <laughs> yeah, that question.
2: <laughs>
0: no, it's our That's show hard. today. Okay. It's All our right. show.
1: Thank you. Okay.
2: You okay, I have here. a question for you guys. So I've noticed that obviously your obstacles could be quite large or quite small comparison to other people's. How do you still find yourself? Do you still find that you're tripping on some days on some things? And have those obstacles helped you for the next time? Or are there still things that come up where you're just like, I'm still having a really bad day. I don't know how to get through this.
1: So I've made huge strides in putting my life back together, but it's still messy. I still have days, weeks. Hell, I'm on a six-week run right now of just having challenges. And the beauty is that in those last 10 years, I've built up muscle memory. I've built up this whole set of healthy coping mechanisms, way to, ways to address those issues, so that you know, self-destruction is never, ever, going to be an option, let alone a solution. Mm-hmm. So it's not all, you know, I, I, in fact, I've been going through such a, a challenging time that I was like, wait a minute, did I even really do my work? Like I had to question, ask myself, I was like, of course you did. You just need to revisit some of those same steps those small steps that I kept talk, keep talking about, those small steps that got me where I've arrived at. And it's remembering, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that didn't happen overnight. And it required rigorous honesty and being just transparent with myself. I don't owe anybody else an explanation, but I own myself the truth. And I lost sight of that in a couple things in my life these past couple months. And so, yeah, life's, life's messy.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this to you. It may have nothing to do with your question, but you're wearing a Spartan headband. And so just, did you get through every obstacle? Did you complete every obstacle every time you ran this race?
2: I did. It was, I have a huge bruise from carrying those uh, buckets of rocks. And it was horrible. And I wanted to quit like five times. And everybody... Next to me was just like, you can do it. You can do it. Keep going. And the people we did it with, she actually helped me finish it a little bit. But I would not let her take that bucket of rocks from me because I wanted to finish it. And we did did everything. It was awesome. And we did it yesterday. And we're here. (laughs) Right.
0: The thing is, you're smiling today because you didn't give up. But it also wasn't easy. And you had to ask for help. And that's the thing I want to make a point of. As well, at the end of her journey, which you're reading the book because I'm, I'm thinking I'm somehow gonna get you all this book. Um, You definitely you need help. Some of you, some people in here, like, oh, this is a great story, but I'm fine. Maybe I don't think you are. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, like, you can't go at it alone. And I think you need to know that it is okay to not be alone on the journey. And even if you feel, I feel really great 95% of the time, 95% of the time, but I still need help because life is like this crazy roller coaster. And there are days sometimes where I'm like, I'm super, super exhausted. And this is so silly. But the coffee that Sam gets me in the morning is like the happiest moment. I'm like, this made me so happy, right? It's so silly. It's such a small part of his quote unquote job. I don't even think he does it as a job. He just does it because he knows Sean T needs his coffee. Sean needs his coffee in the morning, right? It's like these little things, right? But we can't go at it alone. It's some, you might need help in a big way. You might need help in a small way. I don't want to tell the story about how your journey found light because I want them to read it. But just know, like, there is an angel waiting in the wings, and sometimes you have to call on the angel. You don't have to go at it alone. And that's why I was so happy that we were in here today as a unit to see how people can come together and thrive. And there were a lot of people who came here today and was like, oh, my gosh, like, I was really so scared (laughs) to come. I don't like big groups. But what happens with the power in numbers? My my grandfather used to say, you know, because he was a pastor, I know like every Bible verse in the world, but, you know, he used to say like when two and three are gathered together in prayer, you know, it's like God listens more. And I'm not trying to be religious, but that's just for you and your journey. Some of you are sitting at home or sitting in your own head and afraid to ask for help because you're afraid to share what it is that you need help with when really that one question can bring you so much peace and joy because you're not only going to get two hands that reach out to you, but it will cause a, a, a you know, a chain of events where you'll, you'll get help from lots of other people.
2: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. irresistible irresistible desserts start by saving 33 percent with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime
1: round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market
0: Uh, i think we got time for one more question alex or two we have two two. okay (laughs) Um, we're up here. We gotta go right here, and then we can come right here after
1: you. Hello. Hello. Oh. So, sorry, I'm nervous. Um, you spend your life inspiring others. Like you inspire everybody here. You're doing that right now. But what? What inspires you? What motivates you? Personally, because you talk about the journey. And you talk about how, you know, you have to get up in the morning and you have to get going. Is there anybody in your life that gave you that extra push? She gave me my push.
0: So what gives you yours? Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a loaded question because it's not just a one answer. I don't have one answer. Um... I don't have one person, I should say. I mean, obviously, Scott is a major motivation for my life and my support. Um, but really what it is, is I've just mastered the fact that I'm going to do one or two things every single day that fill my cup. And if I don't have that power, I'm going to whoever it is in my cir- closest circle to help give me that power. You know, everyone knows I love Serena Williams. Like if I watch her play a tennis match, like some people think she's brash and crazy or whatever. And I'm like, yes, like that's the fire. That's how I feel when I'm teaching a class. I'm like, yes, don't give up, go. But there was, there was when I when I initially realized that I had like major anxiety, you know, I was sitting, I was talking to Sam. I went over to like he's trying to work, do his thing, and I'm like, I come, you know, so it's about, I think it's about choosing a person or something to do every single day, because I'm exhausted a lot of times. Not only do I have a business, run a business, you know, my relationships with my teammates are amazing, so it's, that's another like layer of just energy, right? But then I'm going home to twins <laughs> that are 21 months old, and then, and then you have to do that, and then I have to spend time with my spouse, you know, I was just talking to my friend this morning. I was like, she's like, did you finish watching Game of Thrones? And I was like, well, I didn't. Because, it's not because I don't want to, but, like, my priorities are 5 to 7, I'm with my boys after I finish work. At 7 p.m., I'm with Scott. And you never know. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and then I'm tired. So, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But, so I think that, but... Every single day, at least four times a week, I play tennis. And some people are like, oh, my gosh, like, how is that really? I'm like, I love this game so much. I love it. I love competition. I just like, absolutely enjoy it. Next week, or the week after, ap- next week, I'm doing a tennis tournament. The week after that, I'm going, okay. The week after that, I'm taking my entire team to Cedar Point. I do like childish things. I go to karaoke. There was one time <laughs> when I lived in New York City. I legit went to karaoke all by myself. I got the smallest room and I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I just sang, I'm not going to sing the songs that I was singing, but. <laughs> no,
1: you <not. laughs>
0: See, I'm driving around town with the girl I love and I'm like, you. That's my, that's my first song. It gets my voice all warmed up or whatever. <laughs> and then I, and then I sing Stay by Rihanna and, um, what's her name? So anyway, like, I, I just do things every day. I think um, people feel like there's this like, Again, there's like this magic or aha thing. And I'm just like, choose something every single day that's going to make you happy. There's a lot of moms and dads out there that I'm like, listen, I'm calling the babysitter real quick. Like the boys go to bed at seven. I'm like, we going out on a date tonight. I'm having my little old fashioned. Sometimes I get a hotel room. I'm like, we ain't coming back. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you have to do something fun for you every single day so that you continue the momentum. And on days where you do feel low or you don't feel like you have that energy, call on a friend. That's why it's important to be as transparent as you can so that the people who know you know you and want to be a part of you. One last question and, and we're going to give it to Kristen because I know she has that in the closing, right? You have something I want to talk it. about? Okay. One last question. Right here. We'll go for you. This is it. Um, for
2: either of you whoever wants to answer, what helped uh, either of you
1: forget forgive yourselves for your past or what advice can you forgive somebody who's
2: having a hard time forgiving themselves for their past?
1: I had a lot to forgive myself for. And it wasn't easy. But I think that to move past the shame and to really walk into my truth I had to own it, and then I could forgive myself. And I was, doing the best, I, I was doing the best I could with the damage I was working with. And I had to forgive my dad. And that didn't mean that I was okay with anything he did, but it was just me saying, like, you know what? I'm just going to let this go. Because when, you, when you're able to forgive, and that has to come from your heart, not your head, When you're able to forgive, then you can move into this space of gratitude. Like, I'm so grateful that I went through all of that because look who who I am today. And that's what you have to do. You have to dig deep, and it's, it's not always easy, but there's a gift in even the ugliest of our situations that we might not have even been responsible for getting ourselves in. Like, I'm taking full responsibility. I drove myself into that ditch. But forgiving my dad for his inability to show up for me. Just... I let go of all that anger and that blame and and it just filled my heart with love.
0: I think forgiveness is a is a powerful thing. Um, India Iree has a song it's called forgiveness. I think it's the wings of forgiveness but she says I just want you to know everything that we've been through I just want you to know that I still love you. I'm, I'm trying to sing it and talk at the same time but <laughs> after everything that we've been through I just want you to know that I still love you. Sometimes that's to somebody else. Sometimes that's to yourself. And just going off of the thing in terms of the word gratitude is extremely powerful because we do have to be grateful for the the great times and the not so great times in order to enjoy the present time.
1: I mean, some of the biggest growth comes in the ugliest part of the journey.
0: Right. And, you know, we talk about being addicted to crack, we talk about molestation, and it could sound really low, but I think the foundation of where you build yourself from, like, that's the foundation. Like, that was the foundation of my life, and so I'm still standing on it. That's why I say that first day that you begin a journey, and people, like, I actually don't like when people say this is the first day of the rest of your life. I'm like, no, bitch, because I had a whole lot happen before this <laughs> that I'm not trying to be forget, you know what I mean? <laughs> So whatever, wherever you started on day one, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the strongest person you'll ever know. Like, the eight-year-old Shawnee that got, that's what my family called me, <laughs> that was sexually abused for the first time, it's the strongest person I know. At this point, the little girl who was sitting there when her dad left the house is the strongest person you know. we know. And so it's not to, like, harp on, like, the negative things. It's like, yo, this happened. And I had to build myself up from here. But if that person would have given up, I wouldn't be here today.
1: I think that five-year-old girl every day, she kept me alive for 40 years, but now we're doing it my way. We're doing it a different way. <laughs> but she's still right here. And I have to you know, acknowledge and, and honor her.
0: And it's your life. Absolutely. So do it your way and you have a closing. <laughs> Kristen is gonna close this out for us.
1: So I'm going to read you an excerpt from a speech delivered by our 26th president, Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without and shortcoming, but who does actually stri- strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat.
0: And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give it up for Chris and Tierney, everyone. We appreciate you so much for coming today. Um, it means a lot to me that not only you were coming for me to kick your butt in a workout, but for you to stay to to just have an open conversation about what's behind the stage. I think a lot of people get on stage and and yes, it's great when we're out there and the energy is super, super high. But there's a reason why I come up here. And it's not because everything is always great. But when I come up here, I make sure that the work that is done from the foundation who I am is so instilled in my soul that I can continue to give energy and give energy to you. When I come up here, it's not about my workout, even though it hurts like hell for me too. You know, It's not about that. It's about how much can I give because I'm grateful for who you are. I'm grateful for you showing up, not just here in a live space, but by pushing play in my workouts every day or reading my book or reading Kristen's book. You know, we're just really grateful because I think that like when people go and to me, it's more of a supportive. Like I feel very supported by you and, and you are the reason why I continue to do what I do. And each and every story is fantastic. And, I, and I'll say, really, really finish by saying this. Someone told me that hip-hop abs wouldn't be successful. They were like, oh, don't do that. When I got my contract for Beachbody, they were like, eh, it's not going to work. And I was like, okay. Well, I'm just going to change one person's life. Like, as long as I can connect to one person. And I've only connected to one person. And that's you and you and you. And you and you and you and in the back and in the middle and the front because you're individual. But when we come together as a community, things can happen and dynamic shifts can take place. And hopefully from that, you can find the support you need to continue to move forward so that you can sometimes become cracked, but you're never broken. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you guys so much.